You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media app for outdoor enthusiasts. If you love to hunt, if you love to fish, if you love to hike, if you love to camp, if you like to be outdoors, then you need to download the Go Wild app. It's a perfect place for you to join a community of people like-minded people who enjoy the same things that you do. You won't be persecuted for posting a trophy pick. You won't be persecuted for, you know, posting meat or whatever like they do on, uh, you'll get some haters every once in a while on Instagram and uh, Facebook. But I think it's a really good place for you to not only share what you do, but join a community and that allows you to meet other people and who knows what happens when you meet other people. A specific example of is, I posted a comment or something about uh, shed hunting, and I met a guy who shed hunts near me, and I think we're going to team up and go on a shed hunt together uh, this this fall, So, or this, excuse me, this spring. So if you haven't had the opportunity, go to the Google Play Store, download the Go Wild app, and if you want some more information, you can also go to their website, timetogowild.com. Get outside. It's time to go wild. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration on all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 36, where we talk with Charlie Williams on backcountry hunting photography. Hello, how's it going? Thanks for tuning in to the Transition Wild Podcast, hosted on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. I love you guys. Thanks for coming back each week and tuning in. I really, really appreciate you. You can always subscribe to the podcast by going to sportsmansnation.com or you can search Transition Wild on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to this damn podcast at. So make sure you subscribe and leave those five-star reviews. They're starting to roll in now and I really appreciate it. So again, thanks for the support. I'm not going to mess around today. I just want to jump right into it. Today on the show, I have my good buddy, Charlie Williams, and uh, we grew up together, um, went to the same middle school, high school in Michigan, and Charlie's been a good buddy for a long time, and he's the last couple years, he's been out hunting in Colorado and, and chasing elk. A couple years ago, he shot a sweet bull, and over the last like three or three or four years, he's really gotten into photography and he's really taken it to the next level over the last um you know 12 to 18 months he's he's self-taught 
And on today's episode, we're kind of just talking about not necessarily like kind of the whole ins and outs of like adjusting your, you know, doing everything manually and, and, and going through each like individual setting on the camera to get certain shots you want. It's more like kind of high level creativity, how Charlie, um, you know, does certain things, how he, how he looks for certain setups in order to kind of portray the emotion and tell the full story of the hunt. And, and we talk about the importance of, you know, portraying hunting in a positive light and we need more people kind of telling the whole story and you know what hunting truly is um so we talk a lot about that charlie offers some insights on gear and in in um you know different things that you can do in the backcountry or while you're hunting to kind of help you along with photography and tips and tactics for beginners getting started so lots and lots of good information had a blast talking with charlie so let's not wait any longer let's get charlie on the line all right we're on the line now we got charlie williams my good elk hunting buddy from michigan how's it going man what's up dude pretty good just uh chilling out after work (laughs) after working out you just got back from the gym how was that well, it was just normal. You're getting in that elk shape already, huh? Um, I weigh like 205 right now. So <laughs> No shit. You've been yeah, bulking up, um, man. Yep. I bulked till like May. I got this stupid goal. <laughs> so I'm trying to deadlift 500 pounds by my birthday, which is in like 10 days. It's like a day. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. How How many pounds? 500 500 all right well you'll you'll be able to carry my fat ass off the mountain if if we're hunting again (laughs) next year yeah (laughs) i'm gonna be i'm gonna drop i'm gonna drop about 20 pounds before i come out to colorado so i'm not getting volunteered into being a mule (laughs) too late well you're already carrying around all that heavy camera gear on the daily so i mean i i I held that in my hands and i was like man i can't even i can't even believe you carry this shit around for a week because I was like, damn, dude, this weighs like 20 pounds. It's got to yeah, slow you down. Yeah, bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea until you look at the pictures and you're like, holy hell, like this is this is pretty sweet. <laughs> I wish everybody would do this. I wish I would do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, it's not easy, and that's why there's people like you. Um, but, yeah, man, what have what you been up to? I've, it's been a bit since we've kind of talked, and we've been texting a little bit here and there, but I've seen you've been – and what, where you been? Arkansas? Is that what I've been seeing? And um, I went to Arizona yep. the day after Christmas with my girlfriend. Just kind of like sightseeing. We went to Phoenix. Um, nice. How was that? Did you do it just kind of fly in there and then did a bunch of yeah. kind of exploring vacation kind of yep. thing? Yep. Flew into Phoenix, got an Airbnb, um, went hiking. There's a Camelback Mountain like right right in downtown phoenix yep. it's a pretty gnarly hike actually and okay. then because c- everybody's telling me about it i'm like it's in town and everybody's saying you got to use your hands and feet and i'm like oh i've been in the back country <laughs> and <laughs> i'm like i'm just gonna wear like tennis shoes and like not even worry about it they, and then we get up there and i'm like this sucks really this is kind of hard yeah <laughs> it was on like a scale of one to ten it was probably um if deadfall 
and like 37 degree slopes is like a 10 this would be at like a seven no kidding yeah Yeah, i was gonna say i was like i don't know if they know where you elk hunt and uh what you've been through (laughs) so well they're not gonna (laughs) yeah we gotta keep that we gotta keep that uh on on low yeah no kidding nope yeah um so you went on this hike and then uh, what was purpose that just kind of get some photos get the lay of land something to do what what were you thinking there it was kind of like a touristy spot and get some pictures and check it out it's kind of weird because you like hike up this whole mountain and then you're just like overlooking all of phoenix and it's like man there's so many buildings and people and it's kind of like where's the pine trees (laughs) yeah it's probably not exactly uh, what you want to like hike up to and be like oh i'm overlooking a city kind of want to see like you know endless landscape of of mountains and you know shit where other people aren't yeah I mean, it's cool for the people that live there. They can get some kind of hiking in, but yeah. I guess there's dudes that like run it every morning and some hardcore guys and girls. And then uh, after that, we went down to um, Tucson, and it's just like all desert down there. You can see some mountains in the distance, and then kind of chilled out down there. Went to old Tucson, but they had some party going. Yeah. So that was kind of a bust, and then uh, came back up to Phoenix, and then the next day we went and hiked around. Uh, I can't even think of the town, but it was cool. There's a bunch of like secret hidden spots and trails, and there's trails all over this town. And then we ended up hiking like too far away from the car, and we were gonna get back at like after dark. Oh damn! So. Yeah, so we bailed on that, and there was another trailhead that was, like, a quarter of the way away from where we went. And so it was, like, three quarters three quarters of the way back to the car. I was like, yeah, we're not going to make it back before it's dark, so um, we can either try or we can either Airbnb, or I mean, uh, get an Uber. So we Ubered back to the car, grabbed some dinner, and then... Um, headed up to Utah and crashed up there in a hotel and then went to Monument Valley. And then that was sweet. Definitely worth driving through. They had snow, so that was pretty cool. Like all the pictures you see on Instagram or Facebook or whatever are all like sunny. So it was cool to see it in the snow. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was checking out some of your pictures that you had on on social media, and I was like, "Damn, dude, these are this is pretty badass." Like, I don't I've been to Arizona, I've been to Phoenix, I've been to Tucson, driven through all that stuff, but like where you're at was pretty pretty amazing. It looks like a lot of red rock, a lot of cool formations. Uh, yeah, pretty neat, man. That's that's badass. Yeah, it was a cool spot, definitely worth seeing. And then we went to Antelope Canyon and checked that out. Is that in Utah? Um, no, it's Arizona. That's Arizona. It's over by, yeah, it's over by, um, whatever town's right next to Horseshoe Bend. Got it. Got it. Yep. Nice, man. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it looks like you guys got some, got some good hiking in, lots of cool photos, and, uh, looks like, uh, Gabby was also taking some photos, too. Is she kind of getting into the photography as well? Yep. She got a Sony camera and then just got a new lens. And then she's been playing with that a lot, so that's cool. Nice. 
Yeah, that's uh, well, she's got a good teacher, man. (laughs) I'm sure. I I need I need you to just come live with me for a week and show me how to use my damn camera that I've had for three years and don't really know how to work. (laughs) I'm full on auto, man. That's all I do. Once in a while, once I know I am the worst, and uh, (laughs) uh, once in a while I'll switch it over to manual, and uh, you know I kind of kind of get the hang of it a little bit, but then I'm just like I, I get confused. Just gotta go for it and stick with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but what? Uh, so Arizona and so it looks like recently that, you were in Arkansas, was, right? Yep. Flew back from Arizona, New Year's Eve, and then had a little New Year's Eve shindig and did some partying, and then <laughs> woke up the next day and then at ten and headed to Arkansas drove down there it was like a 11 hour drive we went to kansas last year and we met a dude and he was like yeah man you guys should come down to arkansas and hunt with me they have a lease so we lined that all up planned out um and this is a waterfall hunt right yeah ducks and geese um plan that out for the tuesday wednesday thursday friday actually wednesday thursday friday saturday so, um, we get down there and there's like the, my, uh, like warmer temperatures were like North of like Arkansas. So the ducks were kind of hanging up up there like Kansas. And so the big push wasn't down yet. Oh, got it. Like the migration, then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they had so much rain since September, I guess that every it's mostly rice fields down there and then the farmers will lease their property to hunters and then flood certain spots and they have pit blinds and stuff you hunt out of so with all the extra rain the ducks were way more spread out than what was ideal ah that makes sense because yeah everything's flooded they're just going to be landing and kind of eating everywhere instead of just being concentrated around those flooded fields and yeah, what they've what they've kind of put in, got it. Right, but there was a shit ton of snow geese and <laughs> quite a few specks. I really wanted to hunt the timber, but nobody was doing any good in the timber, like not even seeing ducks. So we kind of just hunted pits and then tried to do a couple speck setups, but that kind of didn't pan out. So it was definitely cool to experience, but the hunting could have been better. Yeah, well. That's how it goes. Now, like the timber stuff, is that kind of like your classic, what you see, like, let's say, for example, in some of the Sika, like waterfall images, like you're yeah, standing yeah. with those big, like cypress trees or whatever, you're standing in water and you're just kind of in the woods basically. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I bet that yep. I, that would make some, some really cool photos. I've, I've, I've never been in that environment and never kind of experienced that whole kind of wetland um, aspect of the of the wooded timber but man that seems like it'd be pretty pretty sweet to to check out yeah, man it's it looks really cool we drove by a bunch of spots and it was like just looked it looked sweet yeah so maybe next year go back down and hit it up now how does how does waterfowl kind of imagery or photography is that kind of a little bit faster paced are you trying to get images of the birds are you trying to get images of like 
the hunters and kind of the action? Is it a little of everything? How does that kind of differ maybe from like a Western style elk hunt or, you know, big game um, hunt? So I guess it kind of depends on the photographer. Like there's bird photographers and then there's product photography and everything else. And then I kind of, I kind of base my imagery on like stories. So, um, I guess I kind of focus on like the whole big picture and like trying to get the shots that I want to like display what's going on in each scenario the same way. Like I want, I want to incorporate the environment to give, like if everything was, I do these stories on Instagram and kind of arrange the pictures in order and kind of do like a play by play a little bit. Yeah. And it's basically the same as whitetail hunting for me or turkey hunting. Like you got to start middle and end and I'll, I like to incorporate a wider shot to like, or find, it's kind of hard because everybody wants that one picture, you know, yep. like Instagram is like a one picture platform. Like you got to have that banger and then everybody's like, Oh, this is so sweet. But then if you want to, <laughs> if you want to tell a story, you need to have like something that shows the setting and something that's happening. And then something that's like, showing texture and like something close up like a macro shot where you can like see all the different texture and color and whatever to kind of get the feel of it and then it's all really the same as in a storytelling platform but if you wanted to do bird photography you'd be better off just kind of like going out to a swamp and setting up just for pictures yeah yeah strictly wildlife that's a different yeah it's it's way different than the hunt itself because it's more than just that right it's like the preparing and setting the the decoys and you know driving out there like i'm looking at your instagram right now you've got you know a pic of a side-by-side you know in the mud you know splashing up you've got guys pointing you know point and shoot uh shotguns in the sky you've got a close-up like you said of the of one of the ducks that you guys shot and it's just a really cool close up and then, you know, throwing out decoys, you kind of like just through your Instagram right there, you're kind of telling the story and, and all encompassing. And, uh, that's pretty yep. cool. That's badass, man. Looks great. Thanks dude. It's hard. It's hard to do the stories on the actual like grid, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because if you just like try to do a story, it's going to be drug out because you don't want to be the dude posting like every hour of the day. People are be like, Oh, this dude's again. And then it's like, yeah, you can't overdo it, but you can't, but it's, but you're right. It's a tough platform to, um, to just put one up there or a couple up there and tell the whole, uh, you know, the whole picture. So that's why I do it in my story and then kind of make a highlight of it. Got and it. then you can kind of see the whole action take go like from beginning to end. Well, that's why you gotta get a website, man. I've been telling you for the past two years, you need to throw up a website. When's that gonna happen? I'm working on it. When's CharlieWilliamsPhotography.com gonna gonna open up? It's under construction. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, hey, that's 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 good news. That's that's better than what we talked about previously. So, good deal, man. That'll be what that'll was be the cool. previous answer? I don't know that you didn't have a website and you weren't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So we're making progress. That's good, man. No, I, I mean, baby steps. Honestly, like having having a platform, like so, I look as like in my world, in your world, or whatever. Like social media is just kind of like the. Uh, kind of like the teaser, like it definitely, you definitely need social media and whatnot. And especially for you, I mean, that's what social media has kind of turned into is like imagery and photography and telling a story, but like you need to drive them back to something, you know, social media is not pointless without a website, but with a website, you're going to be able to like really kind of, you know, capture an audience further, build a network. People can go there, find your images, uh, you know, contact you, a little easier that way so um i think it's great once you have that up it'll it'll change the game for sure hopefully yeah yeah sweet man um and uh what's what's the late season look like for you in michigan have you been doing any uh did you do any late dough kind of late december yep. kind of that time period um yep we live in uh the county where you can use whatever gun you want so is that because like, of the well, CWD? Yeah. So we're not the core area. Well, there's core area and then there's surrounding area. I don't remember what the terminology is, but you're like a so, neighboring border county to to where yeah. the CWD was actually tested for and and confirmed yep. in in deer. Got it. So normally, like you got gun season from November fifteenth for two weeks and then it goes a week off and then you have muzzleloader and then you have late doe. Well, muzzleloader, you could use any shotgun or muzzleloader. So I still use a muzzleloader, but ended up getting a doe. It was, it was kind of bad hunting. All the deer went nocturnal and the deer herd kind of moved away because the farmer over here spread a bunch of chicken shit for fertilizer <laughs> which smells absolutely terrible <laughs> yeah it does um, i remember that growing up yeah it's bad <laughs> and then so there was no deer and then i finally ended up getting one nice a little bit i wanted i needed i, I would have liked three but <laughs> yeah it's not like i can have an elk so i, I get an elk this year I know, man. I was I was really hoping I would get an elk this year, and and uh, but man, it's tough. Like, uh, you know, like with I I just think about it. I mean, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast today with Adam Greentree, the most recent one he was on. Oh just yeah, a couple weeks to that. Ago. Yeah, and like you know, like dude, he hunts for a freaking month. You know, like he'll go he'll go elk hunting for a month, and he was talking about like in New Mexico, he had one opportunity and he capitalized on it over 30 days i mean mm-hmm. to put that in perspective i mean you hunted last year for what two weeks and yeah. i mean you drew your boat you had some encounters but like you never you never ripped off a shot i hunted for like a week kind of playing guide for dan and ryan while you were out there and hunting with you a little bit and and i did some weekend hunting but i never drew back my bow you know, it, it just puts it in perspective how tough it is. And, um, you know, elk hunting is, is not freaking easy, especially public land with a bow. 
it's, it's crazy. I don't think people, if you haven't done it, people don't really realize how tough it is. It's crazy. Right. Man, it's weird because the first year it was made, it seem so easy. And then <laughs> you and me both, man, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, Oh, welcome to the real world. Yep. You get humbled real quick. Yeah. Cause you yep. killed your first trip. Basically, first week of hunting, right? Because you went out for two weeks and killed in the first week, and then uh, end of the first week. End of the first week, yep. And I was the same scenario that the year prior. That was my first year of elk hunting and killed very, my very last day of hunting that week. And we both killed awesome freaking bulls that will probably never top <laughs> right. on yeah. public land, you know, OTC units. Um, and it's just like holy shit, like I can do this. And then you go the next year and you're like. Oh man, this is, <laughs> I got lucky as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so it's still fun. So you wish you would have got an elk, but, um, at least you got a doe. I mean, that's some meat in the freezer. Yep. Better, yeah. than, better than buying beef from the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I got the two deer in Oklahoma and then that muley in Colorado. So I'm, I'm pretty well stocked. I would have liked, you know. I eat a lot of venison. Like I'll eat it pretty much every other day if I can. But same here. I just, <laughs> I just try to, you know, if I don't have what I want, I kind of, as far as like the, as much meat as I want, I kind of, you kind of got to spare it a little bit, and and not go hog wild pounding it every day. Yeah, definitely gonna have to happen this year. <laughs> yeah. You're just gonna hope Dev Dude. Dev hits one with his truck or something and calls you. <laughs> I might buy a brush guard and start targeting them. Be like one of those roadkill hunters. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't slow down. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, gas pedal sticks. <laughs> Insurance um, will cover that one. So you gonna you gonna hunt this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, trying to figure out my game plan. Um, you know, I I definitely I kind of really like playing the. I wasn't like guiding Nan and Ryan, but I really just like playing the kind of that guide part you know like I was just I had more fun doing a hunt camp and just just hanging out and and going with those guys uh, this past year than I ever did kind of like you know it's a different feel altogether but um, I'd like to do another hunt camp are you what's your plan are you gonna come back out yep um I think there's seven of us planning on coming this year no shit nice yeah but I don't know where we're going. We haven't really figured out logistics and stuff, and I don't know. I don't know the whole whole game plan yet. But it's going to be a lot better than hunting solo. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, yeah. That's got to be. That's a whole different element, right there by yeah. itself. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, and and then I'll probably I'd like to do another mule deer hunt, and then I usually try to get in at least one whitetail hunt a year. I've got to I've got to go back to my Michigan roots, so. I don't know where that'll be, but I really had a good time in Oklahoma, so I might I might give that another go. But I'm all about like right now trying as many different states and kind of experiences as possible. And I think with elk too, I'm gonna start looking into some different different states here in the next like couple years. Like do a Montana trip, or maybe in Idaho or um, New Mexico or something. I don't know. I kind of want to yeah. mix it up and get into grizzly country. How about you? I'm in the same boat. I was actually looking at Montana this year. Yeah. And nice. then Wyoming, but I think 
a lot of the units, if not all of them, are draw units. But I think some of them have pretty good odds for one point. Wyoming? So I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is all draw. And I need to build up my points, too. So, uh, but yeah, that'd be cool, man. I, that'd be sweet to push into one of those states and, and get that added element of a, another predator there that will eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, high country mule deer hunts high on the list, too. So as soon yep. as I get some points built up for Colorado, I'll be doing that. Heck, yeah. That's on my list as well. That would be pretty cool. Heck, yeah, man. Um, well, sweet. Well, it sounds like you had like kind of a, a jam packed fall and, and winter with some of these trips and, you know, photography sessions that you've been doing and, and, uh, that whole landscape. But, you know, kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today is, and I haven't had anybody on the podcast is really kind of dove into photography specifically, but, you know, kind of talking about your, your kind of journey of getting into photography and, you know, kind of learning the ropes there and then um, maybe offer some tips for people like me who suck and want to get better <laughs> and, and uh, just yeah, kind of man. talk about that whole realm if you're up for it. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, how did, like, so this photography thing for you has been something that's kind of come, come on board over the last like couple of years, right? Because like when we were younger, I mean, me and you grew up together basically from middle school uh, I mean, it's just been in the last couple of years that you've really kind of dove head first into this, right? Yeah, I finally um, organized my hobbies and interests a little bit better, so I can kind of narrow it down. <laughs> but do you have I'm, ADD, Charlie? Um, I haven't been diagnosed. <laughs> I'm just playing. so. Uh, you remember my room when I was little? I don't know. It was scary in like, there. I didn't go in there. Dude, it, it was plastered. Like, every wall had, I had, like, Transworld snowboarding, Transworld skateboarding, like, all those punk kid magazines. Yep. Um, I, like, Just cool shots, after, man. Yeah, after I finished reading them, I'd, like, clip out all the pages. And my whole room was, like, every wall, I made this wallpaper out of cool clippings from skate and snowboarding magazines. And you could just like lay in there and like look at all these pictures and it was sweet. And then the first time I ever did anything like, I guess, super creative with like a camera, we were riding BMX bikes and uh, I tried making a, like a BMX video, but I didn't know how to cut stuff. And like I do intros and sound stuff. So I'd have my, my cassette player blaring like, Lincoln Park or something or Limp Biscuit, <laughs> <laughs> and then like I'd draw like somebody's name and do like an intro and then shake it, and then I'd be chasing them while they're hitting these jumps and stuff, and then I'd like stop it and run back and do another one. <laughs> really high production shit here. <laughs> Super high. And then, uh, and then I kind of like got out of the whole camera thing for a while, and then. When I started goose hunting, I was like always wanted to take pictures and ask for a DSLR for Christmas all the time. I never got one. I got this <laughs> little, little point and shoot. Tough shit, and Charlie. This was like, you know, and then this was like probably 04, 05. And then 
took some pictures of the point and shoot and they sucked compared to everybody else that was doing it. So I was like, Oh, this is dumb. <laughs> and then, um, I got into it Well, I bought my first actual like real camera two, like two and a half years ago, which yep. was a Canon 70 D. And then I used that for a while and then kind of upgraded a little bit stuff then from there and, now I have a bunch of sh- shit. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the whole getting into it story, but from and, there. And, like, why like what? why did you want to get into it? Like, for me, like, I feel photography is a whole different kind of style and side of hunting, and it lets you kind of be creative with it and document things along the way in a in a creative aspect was what was kind of what was kind of your reasoning to like kind of really get into this full fledge Uh, probably just the pictures like like i said the whole bedroom was covered with pictures and you just like picture can just you can just look at it you know so that was big and then i don't know it's just like a deeper you can kind of you can kind of like put yourself in there and then just look at it and kind of put yourself in those shoes instead of like reading about it is cool and you can kind of get the idea from them. But if you look at a picture of it, it's like you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can interpret it in different ways too. Like one person might look at it and be like, Oh, you know, I see it as this or another person might see it as that. And it's kind of, you kind of can make up a a story in your own head and uh, maybe completely different from somebody else's. Yeah, and I'm not really super good with words, so it's better than <laughs> blogging. Is is that why you send me all of your you know captions to uh, edit up, Charlie? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Which, by the way, I'm you're you are a good writer, um, and and I think you should totally pursue that side too. Um, and uh, but I'm happy to help you with whatever you need if you want to send something over. I'm always happy to look at it. The thing, the thing with writing is, it's like you try and make it all like professional and sound good and everything else, and then you put it out there, and it's like can always putting, be better. Like that, and it's like putting <laughs> everything out there, just like dumping your whole guts on the table, and you're just like, here, look at this. Yep. And then people are just like, whoa. <laughs> but I think. Writing's personal. I mean, everything's personal, like art-related or self-made kind of things, but everything's perceived differently, and I like how photography's perceived, is that anybody can kind of take it their own direction. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk to us a little bit, because I've, you know, making some video, like mine aren't high quality at all, but like I, I know whenever I have to do some photos or whatever, it takes work, right? Like, especially if you're solo. Um, but talk to us a little bit on like, on a hunt, like a lot of people don't realize the amount of work. Cause like, even when me and you were hunting together and Dan and Ryan, were all walking out that last day. I mean, you're running around, you're jumping on top of logs, you're getting ahead of us, you're climbing up this hill. Um, talk to us a little bit about like kind of the behind the scenes work that, that people don't really see in the effort that goes into maybe getting the shot. It's a whole different element than just like going through the motions. Right. Yeah. It's just not like you can. Yeah. 
So I was actually super stoked to do that because I've been walking around with a camera and I'm carrying this camera around every day. And it's just like me setting it up with a timer or taking landscape pictures, which is not really my thing. Yeah. But uh, I didn't bring a tripod because I didn't want to carry the extra weight. And so I'd be like setting it up on a rock and then I'd have to run back and have to like <laughs> make sure like the comp- composition was right. And then I'd have to tweak it and then make some more adjustments. And then after you run back and forth like five times, then you're like, okay, everything's set up. And then you set the timer and then you just like shoot off five or 10 shots and then you get one you, you like. So that's by yourself. So when I was with you guys, it was nice because I could just, kind of let you guys do your thing and then just kind of float around you and take pictures. And then it's still a lot of work though. Like you have to, like you can find a cool spot and then you can kind of come up with an idea of how you want to shoot it. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't like making people stop or like stage and shit too much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like that at all. Yeah. So I want to keep everything authentic. So if you guys are walking, I'm trying as fast as I can to like come up with how I want to see it and shoot it and then get in that spot. So like if I see a ditch bank and like, Oh, I'm like, this will look sweet up there. I'll run up that ditch bank and just kind of fire off a couple shots. And then hopefully one turns out how I wanted. And then, um, then after the fact, then you have to edit everything and, export everything and so there's a there's quite a bit of work that goes into like each picture for sure what um like in your in your mind like what are you going through are you like how do you envision like a certain shot that you want are you kind of is it kind of based off experiments are you do you like follow other people's work and you're like i kind of like how they do this style um or are you just kind of shooting from the hip and just trying to shoot as many as possible to kind of, you know, hope you get one. Like what's, what's kind of your focus there? How do you envision like how you want something to look? Uh, it depends on the landscape and like the time of day and like the, the feel of like how everything's going. Like that morning I took those dark pictures of you got, when we were setting up in that meadow. Yep. It was like, right before daylight so it was darker and i wanted to get some close-ups of dan and ryan and you and kind of portray the environment and like the feelings we were going through like kind of suspicious like unknown yeah so darker kind of led to that headlamps on shed layer or adding layers you know kind of yeah doing that stuff yeah so that it depend. it's like situation dependent. So if it's a, if it's like a high intensity situation, I'll try and incorporate some kind of high intensity action. Like say you're running through a river, I'm going to get the water splashing. And this is all based on other things that I've seen that portray high intensity stuff. But it's also my idea of like the environment and like everything else incorporated and how the light's hitting things and like the longer you like I'm not professional at all but like the longer the farther you go with everything I feel like 
the better understanding you get on how to tell your story of that situation. Yeah, it makes it makes total sense. And I, I had uh, John Mulligan on the show uh, recently talking about his antelope hunt, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or if it was off air after the fact, but. Um, you know, he said, he said he, he kind of, in order for him to like get to the photography style that he wanted or to like better learn the camera and, and certain shots that he wanted to take, he, he basically kind of like found pictures online or followed people on social media. And he's like, I really like that image. And then he would go back through and like, try to re- recreate that, you know, similar style. Um, have you kind of experienced that same thing of kind of like, I, I like that photographer's style and then you're going to play at the settings and try to get that, that same, uh, recreation yeah. and, and, and then yep. kind of develop that into your own. Yeah. Um, the whole style thing has changed probably 10 times, I think, but like I'd have, Oh, this dude's my favorite photographer right now. And then a few months go by and then like your style changes as you yeah progress. And, then eventually you'll be shooting this style and you're like, Oh, I don't like how this looks. So then you start tweaking things and whatnot. And then like I'd get in these slumps or lulls or creative blocks, whatever you want to call it. And you're just like, I don't want to create anything. I don't know what I want to shoot. I don't know what I want my pictures to look like. So I came up with this idea to make a, you know how Instagram you can save pictures. Yep or post or whatever, bookmark mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I made a folder and then I base everything on feeling like, not like all oh, that looks sweet, but like if a picture drives some emotion. A, yeah. Yeah. If it does that, then I save it. Yeah. So I have this folder and it's just like all these saved bookmarked images and it's like, they all have a, they all have corresponding themes that work together and that's that's kind of how I'm working on narrowing down my style, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes it makes a lot of sense. It's uh, it's something that it, it doesn't come easy. I'm sure it's just kind of that you've worked on over the past couple of years to kind of develop your unique taste. And like you said, it kind of you adapt and you evolve as as you kind of progress through this whole uh, photography uh lifestyle that you are now embraced in (laughs) yeah dude it's crazy because like you get in this rut and you're just like i don't know what to do and you're just like blah so i've actually bought two books for creative block i guess you could say so one was steal like an artist and it's basically saying there's different chapters and stuff and it's saying how like take people's work and change it and make it yours kind of thing. Yeah. And just a bunch of things to boost your morale and how nothing's original and everything's like a repercussion remake of everything else with a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Put your, put your own twist on things. Yeah. And then, uh, another one is ignore everybody and a certain number of things for creativity so both of them are great books that yeah. help you get through a rut, but um, there's definitely some roadblocks there. Like it's a 
soul searching path, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like figuring things out. For sure. For sure. And, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, like getting started with your first, um, DSLR, but like what's for somebody that wants to maybe, maybe not on the same level as like what you're on, but, um, you know, like for myself, I think it's important to document and be able to look back on some badass photos for, you know, for the future and to show your kids or grandkids or whatever down the line. And, uh, but like, what's, what's something that somebody can do to kind of, you know, get into photography, whether it's hunting or taking pictures of wildlife or whatever, but kind of wh- where do you start? Like, how do you get into like selecting the best camera? What gear do you need? How to get started with everything? I just watched a ton of YouTube videos, honestly, but, um, forums are bad news because everybody's bashing everybody else's shit. <laughs> forums suck in general. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to talk shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of YouTube, a lot of there's Instagram is super helpful. I remember bugging a bunch of people when I first started and I was like, and I looked back on it and I was like, I cannot believe these questions I asked, but <laughs> like when you start, when you start, you don't know. So yeah, just thank God there's nice people out there that like helping people. Yeah. Um, but a good starting point, I mean, iPhones are insane now. Yeah. Um, I follow Apple on Instagram and they're posting some shot on iPhone pictures that look insane. It's crazy, but, uh, isn't it? Dude, it's nuts. And then uh, if you wanted to get like an actual DSLR or even like a nice point and shoot, Sony makes some really nice point and shoots that have a fixed lens or like a zoom lens, but it's just like a regular point and shoot, you know, so... It like what's it, a, what, what's a point and shoot like it doesn't have that bulky like kind of lens on yeah the front? like yeah yeah you can it's just like uh you know the ones that zoom back into the body oh yeah the little ones you stuff in your pocket yeah yep. those are those are pretty really those are actually really good now so those are becoming um, a little bit more popular maybe for for hunting because they're lighter and don't take up as much space is that kind yeah, of a trend or the, yeah yeah um definitely okay. it is i'll have to look into that because like that's the big thing with my ca- like and mine's not even you know comparable to yours as far as size and weight my mine's a lot smaller but even then i'm like man i don't want to carry this thing around and mine's not that big you know to begin with but i i want something better than my freaking iphone you know because like something right might, you know you might want to get something that's like 20 20 feet or you know 20 yards away and on your iphone it's gonna it's not gonna look good you know. Right. So Sony makes some really good point and shoot cameras. If you wanted something, you just stuff in your pocket. Um, okay. They're high megapixel quality. Uh, I think it's like 30 megapixels, maybe, maybe even higher. Wow. They shoot, they shoot slow-mo video, like 120, I think even 240 actually. Um, don't quote me on that though. <laughs> And but then, it's something to look into, and then and then when yeah. you get up into the DSLR, um, what would you kind of recommend, like price wise or like, I don't know, brand wise, maybe getting started with that? Um, depends on how hard you are on things. Like, my body and my lenses are what uh, weather sealed, so 
I remember one one day I wanted this picture. I was coming down this river uh, riverbed, and it was it was that day it was pouring rain. Yeah. And it was hailing, and you guys like were like, "Screw this! I'm going back to the cabin." <laughs> and I'm sitting out there. I'm just soaked already, and I'm hiding under this tree. And then it finally lets up, and I'm coming back down, and I'm like, "I'm just going back to the cabin." My feet are soaked. Feel my toes getting like all pruney. I'm like, "This is gonna be bad if they blister." So I'm going back to the cabin, down this riverbed, and it's uh, it starts hailing again, sleeting, and I was like, "You know, let's be." be a pretty cool picture so get my camera out and it's it's like really coming down and i'm like screw it whatever i got insurance <laughs> set it up and it's just completely soaked and i'm a, i was pretty surprised that nothing like glitched out but um so more expensive bodies and lenses like i shoot canon so like a 5D, whatever, 5D3, 5D4, those are going to be weather sealed. And then L-series glass is also weather sealed. So it's got like a rubber gasket on where it connects. Okay. So it keeps water and moisture and dust and everything else out. Mm-hmm. And then those are more expensive, a lot more expensive. And it's kind of a like a higher commitment. But if you take care of your stuff, I mean – I know guys that are shooting Sony's a couple years ago on like fishing boats. So that's also an option. You just have to be a lot more careful and aware with it and like be like, oh, if it gets wet, you need to dry it off fast. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But go ahead. What, uh, what, what are, what are you looking at as far as like price point? Like, I know for like my, like, I tell everybody. <laughs> Like I, I asked people, I was like, "Is Nikon good?" They're like, "Well, that's your first problem. You bought a Nikon for a DSLR. <laughs> you should." Nikon, Nikon's new camera is sweet, man. Are they? Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. But like, I know mine. Like, it's kind of like the bottom of the barrel DSLR, and it's still like it's better than my phone, you know. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. But I spent somewhere around, I think, six hundred dollars for a couple lens, you know, a couple lenses and the camera. Um, but what's like a realistic price point? Are you looking like five to a thousand, you know, maybe somebody can get into to kind of start at the basic level? I think, so my first, I bought the 70D with a kit lens and I was like $900. So I wouldn't dive into it and dump like a ton of money into it unless you know it's something that you want to do because it's just like, you'll start and then you'll be like, Oh, I want a new lens. Like my girlfriend did the same thing. She bought a camera with a kit lens. I was like, you should just get the body and then get a, a nice lens because you're just going to be upset with a kit lens in a, like two months. Yeah. So lo and behold, she was upset with a kit lens and <laughs> bought another lens, but it's not a limiting factor. It's just when you start out and you see everybody else taking sweet pictures, they're way ahead of way. Like they're already, have the nice camera and the nice lenses and everything else so you can still take really good pictures on a kit camera like people make these youtube videos professional ph- photographers with these like five dollar cameras or twenty dollar cameras and but it's they they already have like everything figured out yeah well so, how, how much of that is the editing side after the fact and how much is it the gear and the camera of actually taking taking the shot 
Is the editing um, like a huge portion of that, or is it really more of the shot? It's, I'd say, 60-40. The shot's more important. Editing's just putting your own style on it, stylizing it how you want. Got it. So... Yeah. Cause I, I always looked at it as like, man, like these guys are taking awesome photos, but there's gotta be something on the editing side too, that also kind of makes it. And I've even done that with you. It's like, Charlie, like take a look at this photo. Can you like play with the settings or something to make it look cooler than what I actually, than what I actually took and make it <laughs> <Yeah>. look good. <laughs> so there's some of that too, which is, which is pretty neat. Yeah. It's definitely a cool way to put your own spin on it. A lot of people, I mean, I, you can, you can get awesome pictures straight out of camera. Yeah. Because you can adjust like white balance and if you want it to say you want a really warm picture, you just put your white balance up at a higher Kelvin level. Um a lot of people shoot in auto white balance. I don't like to because it will adjust the white balance based on like cloud cover or if you're in the shade and then when you go to edit everything, it changes, so Yeah it looks different than what you thought it was or what your idea of what it was going to be. But it's a good way to start. And it's just taking pictures is it's, it's easier and something less to worry about. Yeah. That makes sense. So realistically for a camera, you might be looking at six to thousand dollars, you know, maybe 1500 if you wanted to kind of, kind of splurge a little bit for a beginner what like kind of what else do you need as far as like like gear i mean um are there other costs associated with getting into photography um if you're gonna do like backcountry stuff you're gonna want some extra batteries and batteries aren't exactly cheap um i don't like filters well i got like mine's filters yeah i should probably get some but <laughs> I don't um, like them, but I should probably do it. Yeah, it's just something else to mess with. <laughs> um, so you can get filters to protect your element, your front element on your lens. Uh, lens wipes to keep it clean. There's like those little puffer things you can use, hurricane blower or whatever it's called. Okay. You can use that. Um, memory cards. Memory cards are kind of expensive. And then, like, as far as, like, cases and stuff, like, something probably weatherproof or something pretty Man, rugged. I just, mine wouldn't fit in a case, so I just wrapped it in my puffy. Oh, got it. Oh, yeah, for actually hunting, you know, like, when you're taking it in your pack or whatever, you just got it wrapped up. Yep. Nice. Got it. Um, And then I have, like, these little cheap padded cases you can get on Amazon for different lenses and stuff just to throw, throw in my pack, but... Overall, they're pretty durable, the lenses and everything. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like, you know, for the basics, I mean, we've kind of covered, I mean, there's so many different options and and like what I do a lot and like you've you've already stated, get online, do some research, read some reviews. Um, Maybe there's certain cameras that kind of play and gear more towards your style or or maybe more of your budget. and and uh kind of go from there and then and then like you talked about like learning the camera and like different shots like finding and following somebody that following these people that 
you know, you kind of really like their style and you want to kind of re recreate that. And then maybe watching some YouTube videos on, on how they did different settings, like your F stop and your aperture and white balance, like you said, and kind of learning the basics of that. That's where I struggle the most is like not knowing the settings of my camera. Was that, was that pretty tough to kind of like learn um, all the different manual settings or is that something that you just kind of jumped into with through the videos? I jumped into it through the videos. A lot of people like aperture priority or shutter priority, and then they can set their shutter speed how they want. It's super useful, but I usually like to shoot underexposed a little bit to retain detail in like shadows and darker spots. Okay. So it kind of darkens the whole thing up, but if you shoot in raw, which you should, um, it'll, you can adjust everything and, brighten parts up or darken parts so when i started i just everything that i read and whatnot and watched on youtube it said to like it sounded like manual was the way to go so i just kind of like taught myself and it was it was super slow and i was really slow like getting the shot that i wanted because i was always messing with things but after a while you start getting used to it and remembering where the buttons are and knowing like how many turns of the dial is going to do what and you don't even have to look anymore but Got it's, it. I think it I think it's best to just dive in kind of sink or swim scenario and just kind of force yourself to learn yeah yeah and I need to do that like like I've I've been out in the field and stuff or when I'm taking I kind of just drive around and take pictures of mule deer and elk out here in Colorado which is pretty cool but like everything with like wildlife and kind of hunting is usually a little bit faster paced and that's where i struggle oh. with like do i want to just get the shot and 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 just take the picture with auto or do i want to try and futz around with these settings and it's gonna you know possibly risk you know missing that that opportunity that's where i'm kind of at right now but i just need to kind of like step back and just slow it down you know like right pick a stationary object and and try some different things i think that's where i'm kind of hung up at right now I think the thing that helped me the most was um, taking pictures of my dog just around the house because yeah. he's fast. And I was like, yeah, my dog runs around crazy and <laughs> I can work on this and whatnot. Well, it's very applicable to like a hunting scenario, like, a you know, like that. Like he's moving all around, he's jumping, he's running, you know, and you're trying to get that certain shot or angle or lighting or whatever in that, in that split second or that, that fast motion. And it kind of forces you to to kind of to learn those different things yeah the good thing about light is that it doesn't change super fast so like if you, you can set your settings up in an advance and then say you're waterfowl hunting and you're just hanging out and nobody's nothing's going on so you can take a couple pictures and when you find the light that you like it's going to depend on which way you're pointing towards the sun or whatever but you can set it up in advance and then when everything happens, you're already set up and you just have to focus and shoot. But, um, it just, just takes time and a lot of practice. Yeah. I think those 365 challenges that everybody does are actually pretty cool What's that? because you can, so you just take a picture every day. Got it. And then you can look back and, try and figure things out or say you want to work on something and you just kind of work on say you want to take black and white pictures so you do 
try and progress through black, black and white. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And like, like what, what's your whole take? Like as far as the, the hunting industry and, you know, photography and, and, and portraying our image, so to speak as, as hunters, um, like, I feel like the industry and our lifestyle needs more of the photography and the showcasing of what the hunt actually is through images like you take, you know, it tells the story. It's like, it's, it's a lifestyle. Um, you know, like for me, or (laughs) there's a lot of stuff floating around there on the internet. It's like, you can take a photo with your cell phone in the back of a a truck and this deer's got his tongue out and it's all bloody and, and it kind of can throw people in a certain way of like, Oh, hunting's kind of like a, you know, um, might not portray it in, in the light that, um, it actually is. So like what, what, what's your whole take on like hunting and, and photography and, and where it all stands with kind of promotion of, of where we're at. I think, it's starting there's like everybody i follow on instagram or whatever is hey charlie go take a piss and then we can jump into that question we can start you right, right back off all right <laughs> i'll pause it pause it pause all right let me know when you're back all right What my I can hear you pissing. Does <laughs> <laughs> that on the May- patio? Maybe I won't edit this part. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious, dude. And we're back. <laughs> Do you need me to repeat the question, or are you good to like just kind of go with kind of what we already talked about? Give me the um cliff notes we kind of talked about it earlier but like um you know like i feel like the way you portray hunting through your photography and showcasing it in the right uh for what it is like it's um okay instead yeah. of, instead of like somebody like just posting a cell phone picture of a, a deer in the back of a truck like i feel like that that plays in well to our um image as hunters because we're a very minority uh in the scheme of things um you know i I don't know what what's your whole take on like hunting and photography and kind of where we're at today as a as a society uh we're definitely evolving and moving towards the right direction because like i remember back in the day six years ago people just piled deer up in the back of their truck and take a picture (laughs) and everybody's like oh yeah sweet yeah but it was like people weren't getting attention from the softer side of the people. I mean, I mean not to say that in a negative way because you don't want to like, it was just more confined as like a group kind of thing. Yeah. Well, social media has changed things, right? I mean like, Oh yeah. Social media sees the, it, it, and now everybody sees the good and they see the bad, you know? So like, well, a it's lot of people are also portraying the good as the bad. It, yeah. It, yeah. It depends on the mood of the person that day, whatever. But, um, I mean, 
it's definitely a lot easier and a lot better to show like the story of it and like I mean there's nothing wrong with gripping grins as long as they're done right. Yeah. Like don't sit on top of the deer and <laughs> hold its antlers up and like tongue hanging out like pay yeah. some respects to the animal and like wipe the blood off, you know? Yeah. Yep. Make it look like you re- actually respect it. Yeah. So that's huge. I mean, I took pictures for Mark Kenyon of his book. Yeah, yeah, I saw and that. I was reading comments and people were like, Why didn't you got the deer? And then they were tagging me in the comments like, uh, did, was this gear deer gutted? Like how long did he lay? Like you guys left the guts in for like overnight, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, the deer was gutted. Um I we I cleaned the deer up, the like he had the deer hanging. So we shot the deer the night before, hung yep. the deer, gutted the deer, and cleaned them up. I go over there the next morning, first thing, like, sunrise, and we had a hot, like, bowl of hot water and a washcloth, and I cleaned some more blood off. And then when I edited the pictures, there was a little bit of blood on his stomach, the deer's stomach, so I desaturated the reds so it just looked like brown dirt. Yeah. So it was also a huge deer huge body deer also so it looked like it might have still had its guts in i guess you could say well that's also i mean from your standpoint it's like that's good photography without i mean if it looks like it's just right there as is without being gutted that means you know you took your time and 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 set up the image in the right way so you're not seeing all that you know right so there's there's you just have to be aware of your audience and a lot of people are becoming aware and there's a lot of people that are trying to get people that aren't in the hunting world to be more accepting of it and kind of just show our journey, you know? Yeah. Like tell the story. So that's really beneficial. Yeah. So yeah. as long as you're, as long as you keep that in mind, it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Like I feel like we have, I don't want to say this in like a bad way, but I feel us as hunters, I feel like we shouldn't have have anything to prove, you know, like it's, it is what it is. Like it's killing an animal. It's, it's life and death. Um, so I don't want to like stay like, Oh, we have to conform. But in the same time, like with, with hunting the community itself and, and less people nowadays kind of like not in that whole sphere, you definitely don't like, you can't get away with the back of the truck picture like you could 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of have to, you have to portray it in a different way or we should, you know, to kind of help promote our community and the heritage and the lifestyle. Is that kind of what you see as well? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just want to tell the story Mm -hmm. and focusing on the story part of it instead of like my big thing is, I mean, it goes for waterfowl hunting. It goes for deer hunting. Like, it also goes towards people getting into it. Like I think on one of your other podcasts, you were talking about hunter recruitment and this, <laughs> like the whole, say you're, say you're 14, you just start hunting or 12 and you have a cell phone now because everybody has a cell phone. So you get on Instagram and you follow like Drury outdoors and all these other hunting pages 
and all you see is these giant bucks or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like I remember when we started hunting, we were watching the outdoor channel and that's kind of like the big push that why everyone does quality deer management now. Like, yeah. Oh, we want to shoot these big bucks, but oh, we have these little bucks. So how do we, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but, uh, like you're, you feel inadequate. So if everybody's just posting like grip and grins with giants, it's going to be kind of disheartening for younger people. Yeah. I think. And then it also makes it just look like you're like, if you don't share any other part of the story besides the finish, like what else is there to tell? Yeah. It's not real. I mean, if you're, if you don't, if you have no idea on anything about hunting, you're just not going to know any different. Yeah. So I think by showing the story, you connect people to the story. And if you do a good job, people are interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. And we've, and I think we're kind of evolving off of like, it's not, it's not all about just the kill. Like who cares about like the trophy shot or, you know, the picture of the animals. Awesome. But like what you do in a lot of your stories is like talk like on your solo elk hunt from last fall. It's, it's the struggle. It's, the mental, yeah. you know, side and like how you portray that through your images. Like it just, I don't know. It helps encompass everything and for what it actually is instead of, Oh, here's me with my bull elk or my mule deer or, <laughs> you know, my, my white tail that I shot, you know, it's much more than that. Right. I mean, it's like, I think the first picture that I posted when I shot my elk was actually the elk, but I, I, Oh, you trophy hunter. i the first thing in the caption i think like in the first sentence i said something about stay tuned for this story or something yeah so i wanted to like display everything and like the whole journey of it like i think hunting for a lot of people is a lot about the journey and the time like to reflect say if you'd like a whitetail hunter and you just enjoy being out in the woods and sitting in a tree and being in solitude and being kind of one with nature or whatever that's a big part for bow hunters or tree stand hunters and then the whole backcountry part is also like earning things and kind of going out into the wilderness and enjoying being in the wild like it's all it's all connected to other things besides just killing something for sure and so with everybody what i just said that's that's what we need more of you know more people like you well, a lot of people, yeah, get a camera and tell the story instead of just be like, oh, I'm going elk hunting. And then two weeks later, you post a picture of a big bull you shot. Yeah. Like, there's more to it than that. Like, if you go back to the bow shop or gun range or back to your buddy's house and you're having guys night, you're going to tell the whole story? Yeah. So tell everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good way to think about it because, like, that's – that's what I'm going to have to remember for this fall when I'm like, do I want to bring this DSLR <laughs> with me while I'm hiking around? Um, or do I just want to leave it home because I'm lazy? Something like, I, I need I need to you know carry it with me, honestly. I mean, it's, it's something that I need to do a better job of through my photography and whatnot. I'm kind of just a fair weather guy. If it's convenient, I'm going to take it. But, um, you know, I think a lot of us can probably benefit from that. It's like, you need to tell the story. Like we need to showcase this in a certain light and it'll help everybody. It's a, it's a win for everybody. Yeah. 
Well, sweet man. What uh? So what do you got coming down the pipe? Like what's uh? What's next for you? You got any other trips planned for this winter? Are you going to do any turkey hunting this spring? Um, traveling out of state for any of that? Doing any freelance work? What's going on? Um, Friday. I Friday, Saturday, and so I have a coyote tournament this weekend coming up. Nice. So check-in is at Friday, and we go down to Kalamazoo and hang out there and kind of get the rules and stuff and then go hunt from friday night at like 7 30 to and you have to check in sunday morning i think at 10 so it's kind of just a calling only so you can go out and hunt pretty much two days straight and then whoever shoots the most coyotes wins there's like 160 teams i think wow yeah so you're gonna be shooting a lot of stuff for that um, um no nah, i don't know it's probably just more of like a just for fun thing yeah and then uh it's nice to take a break sometimes for sure and then uh turkey hunting i'm gonna definitely be pushing to try and get out and take a lot of pictures for that also try and shoot a turkey i missed one last year with my bow i think i'm gonna go going with a shoddy this year <laughs> yep knock them down yep Sweet, man. And then uh, got the elk hunt planned sometime in September. Not sure where, but that'll be fun. It'll be definitely a lot more fun going with a bunch of people and take some take some pictures and whatnot. And hopefully take some whitetail pictures this fall. We'll see. Yeah. Lots, a lot of potential. Lots on the agenda. And uh you know, I know you've done some freelance work in the past, like you mentioned for Mark Kenyon at Wired to Hunt. But um, and what's the best way to kind of get a hold of you? Uh, tell us about Instagram, social media, that stuff where people can connect with you if they want to reach out and maybe learn from you, but also you know maybe talk about about maybe some of your freelance work as well. Yeah, my Instagram is uh, Charlie Williams, but actually double like underscore underscore Charlie Williams. So there's that, and like I said, the website is under construction. Yeah. And if people want to reach I, out to you, they they can do that, right? Through yeah, Inst- feel free to message me, whatever. Probably, probably best way through Instagram. That way they can talk to you through there and then set something up if they want. Yeah. Sweet, Schedule's man. pretty open, so if anybody would like to link up, collaborate, work together hire me <laughs> trying to get out of gm so there you go feel free quit to that, hit me up quit that day job yeah heck yeah man well sweet well yeah it's been fun man and uh pleasure talking with you and uh let's see this is the second time on your show so now you're basically a, a transition wild podcast celebrity <laughs> 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 but Joey's also been on the podcast too, so you're about the same rank as Joey, twice. Oh man, you gotta do that to me. <laughs> so, we, so we gotta get you on one more time, so you're better than him, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, hey, I had fun chatting with you, and uh, we'll talk at you soon. And thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man. Thank you. Go take some pictures, bro. All right, and there it is, another episode in the books. 
big thanks to my buddy Charlie for coming on the show. Hope you guys were inspired by that. I mean, if if you're looking to get into photography and start portraying, you know, your hunt and preserving those memories and telling the full story, I think there's nothing better than going out and getting a point and shoot or a DSLR and kind of getting started for yourself. And I know I'm inspired. And 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 for me, you know, what I can do for 2019 this year is just start bringing the damn camera with me more. Um, suck it up, bring it out into the field because you never know you know, what, what you're going to capture. It's just, it's just one of those things with hunting and, you know, the trip of a lifetime, whether it's an elk hunt or a mule deer hunt or your first Western trip, it's important to preserve those memories. And, you know, Charlie offered a lot of advice and a lot of kind of inspiration to me and, and hopefully you guys as well. So thanks again for tuning in. If you're planning an elk hunt for 2019 and you're looking for a spot to stay and you don't want to do the you know full backcountry or road camping all that stuff hit me up i've got a really sweet spot in southwest colorado charlie's hunted there dan the man johnson hunted there last year i killed my bull there a couple of years ago it's a badass spot 625 dollars per guy for a week stay at a cabin that's surrounded by the national forest private road the access is sweet you got accommodations. It's 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 a really good advantage for a great price. So if you're interested in that, go to transitionwild.com, fill out the contact form, and put in the subject line elk camp, and we'll uh, we'll continue the conversation. and And um, love to have you out this fall if you're interested. All right, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to the podcast Transition Wild on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, all those. All those crazy places where you guys listen to this at. You can go to sportsmansnation.com. You can subscribe there. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. And, um, you know, again, if you're looking to hunt for 2019 for elk, I've got the guide still rolling. The Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide. Go to my site. You subscribe. I will send you that for free. All right. I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. 